talk to you today uh, about being empowered by the living Christ, being empowered. God gives us power, strength, enablement, and it's all given through and by Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ becomes the ability that we don't have in our natural selves. We do not have it. The closer I get to Jesus, if I may say it like that, the more I know of him, the more I realize we've not scratched the surface of really knowing him. And, and, and we realize also that the closer you get to the Lord, you realize what grace really means. Grace, this unmerited favor of God that would take human beings and, and save them and give them his spirit, that is more awesome than our words can convey. That God has done this for us. You may think that you are all of that, and you are in one sense in that God now lives in you. So he built the house and he lives in the house. So that means that God has given us value and worth. So that's what that means. But when you begin to see who we are and how we are, even the best of us is messed up without God. And, and I, I want to say that very, very uh, emphatically, but also carefully, because I don't want you to walk out of here with your head down. But I want you to realize when you see sinners doing crazy, crazy, crazy things, you know, and then you realize, oh, wow, I am one person removed from that. Without Jesus, that's who I am. That's what you realize. And so I, I want us to really look at it. Paul talks about uh, that uh, Christ in you is the hope of glory. And what he, he means, it's somewhere in my message body, but what Paul is saying, like, this is what God has done among the Gentiles, that God did this for Gentiles. Gentiles, you, you may think we are all that. It doesn't matter which nation you're from, which uh, nationality, which racial group. We're all crazy. Without Jesus, just, just, just look, we're all. And so when Paul writes that this amazing reality was Christ in Gentiles. I mean, I mean this, now for the Jewish mind, this is blowing him away. You mean to tell me that God would be in them? Say, yeah, just like in you. And so this is what we, we, we have, are carrying right now. We, we are living in what Paul the apostle calls perilous times. Uh, really, th that word means uh, difficult times or, or strange times, confusing times, harsh times. So that's where we're living. And he says, so it doesn't matter uh, whether people agree with me or not. The truth stands, and it stands alone. It stands for itself. It doesn't need any props. And oftentimes we want to prop the truth up. But whenever we do that, we're, propping, we're trying to prop the truth up with something that's not the truth. It may be true. It may be factual. But it doesn't predate the truth. And so we are carriers of the truth. God wants us to understand that. I remember a number of years ago, two things the Lord gave me. and Actually, three. I want to talk about two of them. One is that he said, he said to me one day, he said, Privacy is going to be a big issue. Oh, I mean, like, 
privacy? Yes. Remember the days, those of you who are in ministry, in the days when you could call to the hospital and say, I want to talk to John, or how is John doing? They say, oh, John's doing great. Room, so, 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 so. You know, how is Jill? Oh, Jill is doing great. Jill's in room. Now you call. They said, now, do you have a number, a code? Uh, we can't give you any information because of privacy. So the Lord moved from that privacy. It came to pass. Then he moved to, he said to me, that anarchy was going to cover the globe. And it wasn't long after that we had what we call the Arab Spring. Anarchy had covered the globe. What does anarchy look like? It looks this way. Men refuse to be governed. They refuse to be governed. And if you and I look around, if we read, if we observe, we know that men refuse to be governed. And some of them are our relatives. So Jesus has come to bring peace. He has come to bring a sword to divide those who are not of the truth as a division. And this is what God wants us to understand. So to be, as Brother Stan would say, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. So God then has empowered us to withstand in this evil day. So when we say withstand, not, yes, he's, he's enabled us to stand, but he's also enabled us to withstand. It's one thing to stand, and it's another to withstand. So with the barrage of, of enemy attacks that are coming at believers day by day, lies, insults, injury, whatever's coming day by day, to us. He says, now I have empowered you to withstand the barrage. I've empowered you. I've made you strong. And then we must ask ourselves, how is it that we are made strong? And I will, I will give you the understanding in case I don't get there fully. God has given you the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we must talk about him with reverence and knowing who we are and what we can do. He has given us the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God living inside you. And I remember reading in, in, in the scriptures when Jesus was ministering in Capernaum and uh, he walked into the synagogue and there was a demon-possessed guy there. He said, I know who you are. I mean, here the folks said they knew God, didn't even know who Jesus was. But the demons knew. He said, you know, I think he may have said, have you come to torment me before the time? I know one of the time they did that. And he says, shut up and come out. I know we don't like that kind of language. You know? Caete. Shut up. Just caete. You know? Shut up and cut out of him. And so Jesus did that. Why? Because Jesus being God, that demon was not, was, was not able to attack him and get him to fold. So you now have God living in you. That's something we don't hear enough of, that God lives in us. We're his residence, his house, his property. How he lives in us. So we should not be casual with the truth or, or casual in the way that we live, but knowing 
that greater is he who is within us than he who is in the world. So I can withstand all of the attacks of the enemy. I can withstand him. Why? Because the devil and demons see something that many of us don't acknowledge or we don't, do not see clearly. Christ in you. Well, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. I want to start in verse 10 where Paul uh, explores this truth and this subject that I'm using, empowered by the living Christ, to know that do we know our power. Your power is not, as it were, your power. Your power is, is Christ in you. And so we want to grasp that. And we want to walk out of here different than all the peoples of the earth, all the, the non Christ-centered people. So don't ever say, we're just like you. I'm just like you. That's erroneous. I am not just like you. You've not come to Jesus. I am not just like I am a human, but I'm, I'm a different kind of human. And that's what we must, must internalize, must lay hold of, and then walk out of here not taking sides in the world's disputes, they're all distractions so that you won't recognize who you are and what you have been called to do. What have you been called to do? You have been called to portray Jesus Christ in a, in a way that is an example for everybody who doesn't quite get it. Portray Jesus Christ walking on the earth as Jesus people. I love being a Jesus person. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. So, so Paul talks to us through, uh, from Ephesians, and he, he gives us an understanding that I love. And, and you know, you know it this, but I'm going to remind you of it. He says in verse 10, finally, my brethren. I love that. He's been admonishing them, teaching them, showing them his understanding and the knowledge of Jesus Christ and his, uh, of this mystery. The, this mystery that, that was hidden from even the Old Testament saints and prophets. Wow. But now it was, it was being shown even among the Gentiles. And so he says, finally, my brethren, how do I recognize, show forth, and move, operate, walk in this empowerment? He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And so now he is not requesting that we be strong. He is not saying something that you cannot do. What, Paul, what God is doing through Paul is the same thing he does through those of us who minister the word. God is speaking through Paul his words. And what we have taught you here is that what God, God doesn't so much talk to you. God speaks into you. And what he speaks into you, you become. Say it with me, you become. Say, I become. And so Paul, now God is now using Paul's voice and Paul's writing to say, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so he's speaking it into me. He's speaking strength into me. When I want to cower because uh, the world is going in one direction and many so-called or, or churchgoers are going in the same errant direction, then I want to sometimes cower because I don't want to be that different I want to be different, but not that different. I don't want to be ostracized. And so I feel like caving, God. But he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
Well, then, how, so he speaks it into us, and so I, I gain strength, and I make sure that I, that I write the name Jesus down when I'm praying publicly. I, I will write it down because I don't want to get a moment and thought, let me compromise. Let me be careful lest I offend someone. I would rather offend someone. I don't want to ever offend, but I would rather offend somebody than to offend the holiness of God. And so I remember a time when I was called on to pray. And God is my witness. I've told you the story, but I think it's applicable here. I was, I was called on to pray on the way, and I knew the person who called me to pray was from another religion. And I don't say another faith because I believe, I'm radically perhaps, but I believe there's only one faith. One faith, one true faith, one true faith, and the others are religions. But uh, it was another religion, and, and I knew that this person really liked me. And I loved and liked that person. And when I, I said, Lord, don't let me forget to say Jesus when I pray. Don't, don't, please don't let me say it. Don't forget. Don't let me forget it. And don't let me become intimidated and, and not say Jesus and just say in the one who died for us or, or in, in the name of God. You know, I, I hate that stuff. I, I, I do. I, I promise you I hate it because we are more concerned about people who don't really know the Lord. We know the Lord. We know how good he is. We know he's given his, himself for us, became a human. Come on. You think we're all that? Have you seen us at our best and at our worst? There's very little bit of difference. So, sure, sure. Jesus, I didn't want to offend Jesus, and so I was driving to the venue, and I kept saying, don't let me forget, don't let me forget. Jesus, be with me. Don't let me forget. Come on, I want you to, don't let me forget. And so I was driving, so when I got up to pray, the first thing I did, I didn't want to do it like this, but I got up and said, in Jesus' name. <laughs> I, did, I did, true story. I, said, I, started, I started my prayer in Jesus' name. I said, and I, would, I asked you, Jesus, to bless this meeting, Jesus. I was just going, Jesus, Jesus. And, and I was sitting at the table with the person. And I got down and said, Jesus. Like, I didn't want to forget, but. You know? You know what I'm saying? So I'm so grateful that the Spirit of God who lives in me says, okay, son, you don't want to forget Jesus. I will help you with that. Yeah. So you and I have Jesus living in us by the Spirit of God. So Paul tells us, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Then he goes, goes and says, put on the whole armor of God. So he, he's giving us instructions. You put on the whole armor of God. Don't you be satisfied with a nice little light relationship with God through Jesus. Some of us are satisfied with Christianity light. How does that little saying goes? Something is less feeling. How does it go? Tastes good, but less feeling. We want a Christianity that tastes good, but less feeling. Let's look at this scripture. Put on the whole armor of God, not some of it. You're incomplete. Why? That you may be able have ability, be empowered to stand against the wiles, tricks, schemes of the devil. He, he's a 
Yeah, he is. So evil. Always trying to trick you into making you think that there are things other than Christ, outside Christ, that are worth your time more than satisfying and pleasing Jesus. That's what he wants you to He wants you to argue over these local lots. I will not argue over these local lots. You can have this world, but give me Jesus. That's how I feel. Empowered by the living Christ. And I know that there are brothers and sisters who will try to convince you that there are things in the world. I'm talking about the world system. There are things in the world that are worth. No, there is nothing. Why did, what would Jesus save us from? Nothing that was harmless. No. Jesus saved us from that. And so he says, he says that you may be able to stand against. So that means that whatever the enemy is blowing your way, he can't blow you down. He cannot destroy you. That's what God wants us to understand. I would hate, hate to live my life and get to the end of it and realize my ladder was against the wrong wall. Yeah, I, yeah, I made the top rung of the ladder, but it was against the wrong wall. It, it, it would, I would, I can remember being um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a situation with the Lord where God would told me, it would take too much time to talk about it, but God would told me, I'm going to take you today. And I remember that. It was in 1999. And I felt like nothing mattered except pleasing God. And I, was, I cried out to God because I felt my spirit leave my body. And I cried. I said, oh, that guy's loco. Let's get out of here. Don't go. We're going to close the doors. But he said, uh, just joking. But he said, he said uh, I said, God, don't let me die now. I knew I was saved. But I said, don't let me die. I've not done what you called me to do. That's huge. I have not done what you called me to do. You've called me to do much more than I've done. For whatever the reason, I've not done it. But I wanted to do it, but don't take me now. I can remember very vividly that, that encounter in the shower. Don't take me now. Why? I said, because I've not done what you called me to do. I don't want to see you this way. And there was a, the Spirit of God crying out, I don't want to see you this way. And you know, at that moment, this may sound nutty, but I thought I would rather be banished from his presence than having lived a disobedient, in some ways, a disobedient life. Being lethargic, drowsy, and sluggish about doing the things of God. And I was doing what most people say, oh, you're doing great, but not as great as he wanted. This is what he says to us. You have to have all that God is and what God has for you. So you and I now have the Holy Spirit. Let's explore. Let's see what that brings to us. You don't have to go off half-cocked and nutty, you know. Just know what that brings to us. It brings a stability to you. It brings intelligence to you, wisdom and knowledge to you. And, and it makes you strong against the, the devil and his darkness. So Paul tells us in verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So you need to put on the whole armor of God for why? Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So we're not, it's not the humans we're against. There are a lot of humans that I disagree with their positions in the world. Totally disagree based on my biblical principles. I totally disagree with where they're going. Even people who say I, they love Jesus, I, feel, I totally disagree with the positions they take in the world. So what Paul tells us, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So I refuse to make myself your enemy. 
The only way I will be your enemy is you, if you insist and you make me your enemy. I will not become your enemy. There are, there are believers who, and even pastors, uh, internet guys, a lot of them, because we're an internet guy too, so, <laughs> so, so, so don't, don't mix us all up, right? But some of these, these people are just saying stuff, saying stuff, saying stuff, and believers just, just swallow it, hook, line, and sinker. I said, no, no, that's, that's the polar opposite of what God says and what God wants. And how can you be, I'm not sure of this, but how can you be a part of this fellowship and hear, hear our teachings here and still swallow things, hook, line, and sinker? It must be that you have some interest in that system. Nevertheless, I will not make you my enemy. Why? Because we don't wrestle against you. We don't wrestle against you. We, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Now notice, we wrestle against the rulers. They are spirit rulers. I don't like to say spiritual, but it's spirit rulers, rulers in the spirit realm. There are rulers there. God made them there. We call them sometimes angels, but whatever they are, they are spirit beings. He says, we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. So what he says, every time you see some human that has been duped, that human is being controlled by one of the rulers of the darkness. That's what he's showing to us. But we are children of light. I mean, how can we be a part of the darkness and even participate in it? Listen to what, I, what he's saying. He says, we wrestle against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Listen, against spiritual hosts. So what he's saying is armies. We wrestle against armies, beings that we can't see. The spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so, so Jesus has equipped us to deal with demonic powers that we can't see, that are very powerful. But, but you are more powerful because greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world. You are more powerful. If, if you'll give me like a, about four to five minutes, let me say something to you. Uh, I, I, I was moving a little slowly here today, but I'm thinking about uh, being powerful being powerful in the Lord. Uh, in 2017, um, I, I, I was a little reticent to tell the story, but in 2017, I was lying in my bed. I told you the story before, but just, just to keep reiterating it, I don't know if, I, if it's a, such a great idea. But I, I was in my bed. It was about midnight that night, and I felt a claw, like a claw in my brain, like sucking my mind. And I woke up, and, and I was under a spiritual attack. You may not have been under spiritual attack. So, so just say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was under a spiritual attack. And it was like a claw. And it was taking my mind, not so much my brain, but my mind. And I said, and the only prayer I could pray was, hold my soul. Hold my soul, Jesus. Hold my soul. Hold my soul. And for, I'm guesstimating 45 minutes, I said, hold my soul, Jesus. Hold my soul. And then afterwards, whatever that was, I, I, it left me. It was like that. It left. And I could see it. I saw it in the spirit, but it looked like I could visually see it. 
And what happened was there was like a, a tornado cloud, big, 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 very, very black and big with a tail, but it was moving horizontally, not vertically. And it was, it was like running from me. And so I, I said, wow, I don't know what that was. And I told you about it. And I talked to another brother in the Lord who had the same situation that happened to him in Europe. It was amazing. Same night. So, so I, and later in January, before we were to go to a Middle Eastern country where we were going to be ministering, before we were going there, it attacked me again. But this time I resisted it and it flew away very, very quickly. And I said, Lord, what was that? What was that? It was, I recognized it as the same thing. He said, it was a principality over the nation you're going to. So there are, so what I found though, that because I was able through Christ to resist it the first time, the second time it came, it was less powerful. The first time it was the most powerful spiritual attack I'd ever had in my life. So what am I saying? You have to know who you are and know what you can do with that. Know that you belong to Jesus and know that Jesus lives in you by the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to fear anything. Not going off cocky. You're the bull of the woods. No. It's because of who lives in you. So Paul then reiterates something he says in verse 11. He says, put on the whole armor of God. In verse 13, he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. So I've, I've enumerated these things to you so that you will be serious about it and take up the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. So we are living where? In the evil day. So you may be able to withstand. So that means it doesn't matter the currents or the force of the currents that are coming against you. Your mind, your heart, wherever, your body, you are able to withstand. Have you ever seen, been, seen somebody standing in the wind and the, the north wind blowing and their clothes are just moving, but they're standing? I can remember seeing a hens, H-E-N-S, hens on the, on the yard when I was a kid growing up. The north wind would blow and that mama would dig her little claws into the grass and hold on while those little chicks ran under her wing what God is doing with you, making you strong and resilient so that you cannot ever be stretched out of shape to never go back again. That's what God is doing for you in this hour, empowering you in a mighty way in this hour. So know what you have and don't play with this amazing reality. Don't say, well, I'm getting out of here, Pastor Don, done gone crazy. If I'm crazy, I'm crazy about Jesus. So he's telling you that because he's spoken this reality into you, because you have the spirit of God, you're able to withstand in this evil day. And so Paul says, having done all to stand, stand. So when you've done everything you can do, just stand. You don't have to say, well, what about a left hook or, or, or right jab? No, just stand. Because you are more powerful than you know. But the devil wants to distract you because he doesn't want you to know how powerful you are. Let me hurry. Stand, therefore. Notice all the time, withstand, stand, stand. 
Stand therefore for this reason, having gird, girded your waist with truth. Got to have the truth. So don't tell me you don't know what to believe anymore. Come to church. Come to CCCF. We'll tell you the truth every time. Stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth. The truth. You are the pillar and ground of the truth. How can you not know what is right or wrong? You are the pillar. Without these pillars in this building, it, it craters. It falls. Without you, there's no truth. You are the pillar of truth. Hallelujah, somebody. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, your heart ought to be always settled. My heart is always settled. Sometimes my head gets a little discombobulated, but I just go back to the heart. Say, somebody said, well, he just leads with his heart. Well, you lead with your head? Your head is being renewed. I have a new heart, but I'm getting this renewed. So don't let people put you down by saying, oh, he just leads with his heart. Yes. And you should also. There's good things in my heart. I'm saved in the heart. I don't sin in that place that God gave me. I sin in other places. Even in the place that's being renewed. Let me rush. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So you ought to be a peaceable person. I'll not be causing controversy and stuff. I'll enlarge on that at a later point. Above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So he says you will be able to quench all the lies, all the plans, all the schemes of the devil that's coming your way, coming to your family. You ought to be able to do it rather than siding with, with, with the devil. Sometimes we side with the devil. When we open our mouth and just say things out of spite, you're siding with the devil. That's why the problem you want to subside and to, and to go away doesn't do it because you're speaking crazy stuff. Siding with the devil. I got to say it's to hurt you because you hurt me. He says, no, no, no. You'll be able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation, your thoughts and everything. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always. Praying always. With all prayer. And supplication and petitions. Requests. In the spirit. Not in the soul, in the spirit. In the Holy Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and petitions for all the saints. You ought to pray for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. This is what I'm going to say. say as I go to my seat here. Let's be strong in the Lord. And pray for me that I will never waver. All of us who minister the word, that we will never compromise. That we will not go out trying to be the bull of the woods, trying to destroy, trying to hurt people. But that we will always tell the truth of God, no matter the setting. No matter, it doesn't matter whether we're in, in junior high or high school, college, especially college. If you're listening to me, you're in the university. Be strong in the Lord. In your, in your workplace, in Jesus' name. I'll come back in a minute.